Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the time you are listening to this broadcast. This is learning from her podcast with Heaven Oyabo, where we learn from amazing and phenomenal women, women who have placed the thrill and set the pace in various areas of life. On today's episode, we are learning from a beautiful woman, a strong woman, a gallant woman, an Amazon, an icon, a first to reckon with in the history of women in Africa. And she's by name Professor Matai Wangari. Um, she may not be a popular name, a popular figure to some of us. Some of us may know her, but she is the founder of the Green Belt Movement. She's a Kenyan beat um, and originated woman. Uh, she's the first woman to actually badge the Nobel Prize, the Nobel Award for Peace in the year 2004. So she's an amazing woman and we are going to be learning from her today. Um, we're going to be looking at her early life and education, her family life and marriage, her journeys of becoming aware of ecological decline, her honors and awards and lessons learned. Nobody to notice that she's an she's she was an environmentalist. Yes, she stood against deforestation and she advocated and canvassed for conserving the environment. So her early life and education. Professor Wangari Matai was born in the village of Elite in Nyeri Kenya on 1st April 1940. In 1948, she studied in Kenya Elite Primary School and moved to St. Cecilia Intermediate Primary School where she became fluent in English. With outstanding results, she was granted admission to the only Catholic high school for girls, which was Loreto High School in Kenya. In 1960, she was among one of the 300 Kenyans selected to study in the United States of America under the Kennedy Airlift Scholarship. The program aimed to provide education in Western countries to promising students. She was awarded a scholarship to study in St. Scholastica College in Kansas, where she received her Bachelor's of Science in 1964. Subsequently, she received her Master's degree in Biological Science in 1966 at the University of Pittsburgh. She later joined the University of Nairobi, where she was made an assistant lecturer while she still pursued her education. In pursuit of a doctorate degree, she traveled to Germany but received her doctorate in University of Nairobi, making her the first East African woman to receive a PhD in veterinary anatomy in 1971. In 1974, she became the first woman to head a department in the university and became an associate professor. Wow, that's amazing. Her family and marriage. She was married to Miwangi Matai. In 1969, who became politically active and they had three children, two daughters and a son. She got a reputation for being a strong and for some troublesome woman. In 1977, her husband, a former politician, instituted divorce proceedings 
proceedings. In court, he is reported to have said that he wanted a divorce because she was too educated, too strong, too successful, too stubborn, and too hard to control. <laughs> that was actually funny. I guess the man actually felt intimidated by the caliber, by her success. I actually guess so. I guess so. Now, her journey of becoming aware of the ecological decline. In 1975, she spoke to women from rural areas of Kenya in preparation of a United Nations meeting that was being convened in Mexico City. Okay, I'm sorry. She interacted with these women and asked them what they what were their concerns about and many of them told Matai that they needed firewood, clean drinking water, adequate nutritious food and they needed income. When she visited Nyeri, her hometown in the mid-1970s, she found that streams that she used to see as a child were all dried out and there were increase in desertification, vast deforestation to make way for farms or plantations of fast-growing exotic trees that were degrading the soil and damaging the ecosystem. She made the connection between the ecological decline to the felt needs of the women in the community, hence connecting her ideas for environmental restoration and providing jobs. She founded Environ Care Limited, which later made her more forced to Green Belt Movement. There was an overwhelming large response for tree planting from the women's group and a local tree planting strategy was developed for public land. This involved the planting of seedlings in row of at least thousands to form a green belt of trees. It provides shade, facilitates soil conservation, providing the aesthetics beauty of the landscape and providing habitats for small animals. The creation of numerous belts of trees on naked lands resulted in the formation of Green Belt Movement in 1977. Till date, the Green Belt Movement has planted over 51 million trees in Kenya. Wow, that's a large number. Not 51,000, but 51 million trees. The Green Belt Movement strives to empower the communities to conserve the environment and also improve livelihood of the people, especially for women. It is a grassroots non-governmental organization which places its focus on environment conservation and development through community tree planting campaigns as the core activity of the organization has struggles that's matai wangari's struggles one day wangari matai went out with some friends into nairobi to plant a tree this was not unusual given that she has been responsible for planting 30 million trees in kenya in the past three decades that was as of 1999 but on that day being 8th january 1999 as she raised her hole to dig a hole for the seedling for this sapling she and her friends were attacked by 200 guards armed with machetes whips bows arrows and swords 
when the blow came she writes in her autobiography on Bowed, she said i felt not so much pain as surprise even though from the beginning the talks clearly wanted to hurt or even kill us this was not the first or last time she would be attacked for planting trees matai who became the first african woman to win the nobel peace prize in 2004 has been beaten frequently often by policemen and jailed repeatedly she was described as that mad woman by former kenyan president daniel 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 amap moy who said she had no moral authority to speak on environment or any other political matters because she was a divorcee once once a kenyan mp from the ruling kanu party even suggested that she should be forcibly circumcised yet no one has succeeded in frightening her away from her chosen course no one succeeded in that awards and honors she she was decorated with over 50 international awards which includes the golden environmental prize in 1999 the prestigious nobel peace prize in 2004 world citizenship award in 2007 the indira gandhi prize in 2007 and many others now the lessons that we learned from this woman um matai stood for stood up courageously against the formal oppressive regime in kenya her unique form of action were contributed to drawing attention to political oppression nationally and internationally she has served as inspiration for many in the fight for democratic rights and especially encouraged women to better their situations during an interview with the with the famous environmentalist she said something and it really struck me she said people often ask me what drives me but Matai revealed, she said, perhaps the more difficult question would be, what would it take to stop me? People ask her, Matai, what drives you? What makes you go for more? You keep on achieving, you keep on doing. Then she said, that's not even the question. That the right question would be, that what would make, what would it take to stop her? She was an unstoppable woman. She was an unstoppable woman. And um, I'll round up by telling us a story that she told. That's a story of a hummingbird. A homing a hummingbird. She said, according to her, that there was a forest and um one day the forest um got ablaze with fire. Then all the animals they ran out of the forest and they were looking in amazement as this forest was being placed down with fire. They were all helpless, they were just looking helplessly. But then there was a little hummingbird which said, What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do to salvage this situation? So the hummingbird it flew to a nearby river picked water with its beak and then ran back to the forest that's the burning forest and then dropped it when ran by him to go back to the stream pick a drop of water with its little beak then go forth and then um, drop the, the little water into the burning forest ah 
it was it kept on going back and forth back and forth and the other big animals like the like the elephant you know they had a big trunk that could have actually gotten a more substantial amount of water they were looking at the homie they were like what are you doing they were trying to discourage the hummingbird you're little your beak is little you're just wasting your time come and rest what you're doing will make no significant difference the forest is already is gonna be raised down with the fire but the hummingbird looked at them and said i will try my best and it really tried its best he, he may not have may not have stopped the fire from raising down the forest but it gave it its best trust and that's a lesson for us try your best uh, don't be among that's for you and for me too don't be among the other people who are gonna stand and watch where things are being are going wrong and they feel I can't do anything no matter how small just try your best and that was exactly what this woman Matarangari did she tried her best she she challenged the powers that be in her own day and then with her little little steps little steps a day came it became little drops of water it became a mighty ocean and then she gained so much international recognition i hope the story of this woman has inspired us to not to allow anything or anyone deter us um, from reaching out to our goal find a course and pursue it doggedly thank you and um, see you on my next episode hello good morning good afternoon good evening depending on the time you're listening to this broadcast this is learning from her podcast with heaven oyabo where we learn from amazing and phenomenal women women who have placed the truth and set the pace in various areas of life on today's episode we are learning from a beautiful woman a strong woman a gallant woman an amazon an icon a first to reckon with in the history of women in africa and she's by name professor matai wangari um she may not be a popular name a popular figure to some of us some of us may know her but she is the founder of the green belt movement she's a kenyan based um an originated woman uh, she's the first woman to actually badge the nobel prize the nobel award for peace in year 2004 so she's an amazing woman and we are going to be learning from her today um we're going to be looking at her early life and education her family life and marriage her journeys of becoming aware of ecological decline her honors and awards and lessons learned and what it to note is that she's an she's she was an environmentalist yes she stood against deforestation and she advocated and canvassed for conserving the environment so her early life and education professor wangari matai was born in the village of elite in Nyeri. Kenya on 1st April 1940. In 1948, she studied 
in Kenya Elite Primary School and moved to St. Cecilia Intermediate Primary School where she became fluent in English. With outstanding results, she was granted admission to the only Catholic high school for girls, which was Loreto High School in Kenya. In 1960, she was among one of the 300 Kenyans selected to study in the United States of America under the Kennedy Airlift Scholarship. The program aimed to provide education in Western countries to promising students. She was awarded a scholarship to study in St. Scholastica College in Kansas, where she received her Bachelor's of Science in 1964. Subsequently, she received her Master's degree in Biological Science in 1966 at the University of Pittsburgh. She later joined the University of Nairobi, where she was made an assistant lecturer while she still pursued her education. In pursuit of a doctorate degree, she traveled to Germany but received her doctorate in University of Nairobi, making her the first East African woman to receive a PhD in veterinary anatomy in 1971. In 1974, she became the first woman to head a department in the university and became an associate professor. Wow, that's amazing. Her family and marriage. She was married to Miwangi Matai. In 1969, who became politically active and they had three children, two daughters and a son. She got a reputation for being a strong and for some troublesome woman. In 1977, her husband, a former politician, instituted divorce proceedings. Proceedings In court, he is reported to have said that he wanted a divorce because she was too educated, too strong, too successful, too stubborn, and too hard to control. <laughs> that was actually funny. I guess the man actually felt intimidated by the caliber, by her success. I actually guess so. I guess so. Now, her journey of becoming aware of, it, of the ecological decline. In 1975, she spoke to women from rural areas of Kenya in preparation of a United Nations meeting that was being convened in Mexico City. Okay, I'm sorry. She interacted with these women and asked them what they what were their concerns about and many of them told Matai that they needed firewood, clean drinking water, adequate nutritious food and they needed income. When she visited Nyeri, her hometown, in the mid-1970s, she found that streams that she used to see as a child were all dried out and there were increase in desertification, vast deforestation to make way for farms or plantations of fast-growing exotic trees that were degrading the soil and damaging the ecosystem. She made the connection between the ecological decline to the felt needs of the women in the community, hence connecting her ideas for environmental restoration and providing jobs. She founded Environ Care Limited, which later made her more forced to Green Belt Movement. 
there was an overwhelming large response for tree planting from the women's group and a local tree planting strategy was developed for public land this involved the planting of seedlings in row of at least thousands to form a green belt of trees it provides shade facilitates soil conservation providing the aesthetics beauty of the landscape and providing habitats for small animals the creation of numerous belts of trees on naked lands resulted in the formation of green belt movement in 1977 till date the green belt movement has planted over 51 million trees in kenya Wow, that's a large number. Not 51,000, but 51 million trees. The Green Belt Movement strives to empower the communities to conserve the environment and also improve livelihood of the people, especially for women. It is a grassroots non-governmental organization which places its focus on environment conservation and development through community tree planting campaigns as the core activity of the organization has struggles that's matai wangari's struggles one day wangari matai went out with some friends into nairobi to plant a tree this was not unusual given that she has been responsible for planting 30 million trees in kenya in the past three decades that was as of 1999 but on that day being 8th january 1999 as she raised her hole to dig a hole for the seedling for this sapling she and her friends were attacked by 200 guards armed with machetes whips bows arrows and swords when the blow came, she writes in her autobiography on Bowed, she said, I felt not so much pain as surprise, even though from the beginning, the talks clearly wanted to hurt or even kill us. This was not the first or last time she would be attacked for planting trees. Matai, who became the first African woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004, has been beaten frequently, often by policemen and jailed repeatedly. She was described as that mad woman by former Kenyan president Daniel 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 Amap Moy who said she had no moral authority to speak on environment or any other political matters because she was a divorcee. Once once a Kenyan MP from the ruling Kanu party even suggested that she should be forcibly circumcised yet no one has succeeded in frightening her away from her choosing course no one succeeded in that awards and honors she she was decorated with over 50 international awards which includes the Golden Environmental Prize in 1999, the prestigious Nobel Peace Prize in 2004, World Citizenship Award in 2007, the Indira Gandhi Prize in 2007, and many others. Now, the lessons that we learned from this woman, um, Matai stood for stood up courageously against the formal oppressive regime in Kenya. Her unique 
form of action were contributed to drawing attention to political oppression nationally and internationally. She has served as inspiration for many in the fight for democratic rights and especially encouraged women to better their situations. During an interview with the, fo- with the famous environmentalist, she said something and it really struck me. She said, people often ask me what drives me. But Matai revealed, she said, perhaps the more difficult question would be, what would it take to stop me? People ask her, Matai, what drives you? What makes you go for more? You keep on achieving, you keep on doing. Then she said, that's not even the question. That the right question would be, that what would make, what would it take to stop her? She was an unstoppable woman. She was an unstoppable woman. And um, I'll round up by telling us a story that she told. That's the story of a hummingbird. A homing, a hummingbird. She said, according to her, that there was a forest, and um, one day the forest um, got ablaze with fire. Then all the animals they ran out of the forest, and they were looking in amazement as this forest was being placed down with fire. They were all helpless. They were just looking helplessly. But then there was a little hummingbird, which said, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do to salvage this situation?" So the hummingbird. But it flew to a nearby river, picked water with its beak, and then ran back to the forest. That's the burning forest, and then dropped it. Went ran by to go back to the stream, pick a drop of water with its little beak, then go forth and then um, drop the, the little water into the burning forest. Ah, it was it kept on going back and forth, back and forth, and. The other bigger animals like the like the elephant you know they had a big trunk that could have actually gotten a more substantial amount of water they were looking at the homie they were like what are you doing they were trying to discourage the hummingbird you're little your beak is little you're just wasting your time come and rest what you're doing will make no significant difference the forest is easy is gonna be raised down with the fire but the hummingbird looked at them and said i will try my best and it really tried its best he, he may not have may not have stopped the fire from raising down the forest but it gave it its best trust and that's a lesson for us try your best uh, don't be among that's for you and for me too don't be among the other people who are gonna stand and watch where things are being are going wrong and they feel I can't do anything no matter how small just try your best and that was exactly what this woman Matawangari did she tried her best she she challenged the powers that be in her own day and then with her little little steps little steps a day came it became little drops of water it became a mighty ocean and then she gained so much international recognition i hope the story of this woman has inspired us to not to allow anything or anyone deter us um, from reaching out to our goal find a course and pursue it doggedly thank you and um, see you on my next episode